Hello, welcome back to Property School. This is your next lesson, the second lesson of our term so far. Um, and today I'm going to talk about how to rent a flat in London right now. So we're currently in January 2022. Um, and just to give you a little bit of background, the reason I wanted to do this is because I've got so many questions about this topic and people trying to move to London right now. And it is a difficult market. Um, as a property finder, I'm kind of working in this environment every day. So I wanted to show, um, share even <laughs> my tips with you uh, and show you, I guess, how to beat the market and make sure that you get the property that you want to get. So quick intro first of all, of course, about Property School. It's my new little venture. Um, whether you are listening to this on a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, like we are out there, people <laughs> across all platforms. Um, I also do it as a little video as well. So if you follow me on Instagram, it's on IGTV. Um, it's over on YouTube as well. So you can catch that by just following at Lexi Carducci, keeping it nice and simple. <laughs> so in property school, it kind of does what it says on the tin. I wanted to teach you everything that I know about property that I wish we were taught in school or that I wish I knew 10 years ago before I kind of started on my venture in property as a property finder, as a developer. Um, I kind of work on both sides of the market. So hopefully I can give you tips about everything. Always open to questions as well. So do let us know. Um, but yeah, going through the basics of property, whether you're looking to buy the renting process, if you want to get into investing in property, um, my main thing is to just make it fun and keep it simple. So that's what we're about to do. Um, so a little intro to myself. I'm Lexi Carducci, aka your property fairy godmother and your teacher here at Property School. Um, like I said just a minute ago, I kind of work across the board in property. My whole life revolves around property. I'm a property finder. I'm an investment landlord. Um, I'm a relocation agent. I'm a developer. So yeah, everything I do is to do with property. And that's what I'm here to do to um, help you if you're looking to get into property, whatever aspect of property you want to get into, hopefully I will have some answers for you in property school. And of course, although I brand myself as a property expert, I don't think anyone could be an expert in anything, always learning. Um, so as I go on my property journey, I'll bring you along with me and hopefully teach you some things that I'm learning um, on my way. <laughs> oh, and don't forget to be paying lots of attention because of course, at the end of every lesson, I give you a little quiz about what we're learning in this episode. Uh, so to reveal the answer to last week's quiz, which was name the three tenancy deposit schemes, they were, of course, TDS, which is Tenancy Deposit Scheme, DPS, the Deposit Protection Service, or My Deposits. If you've got any of those, or all three of them, yeah, you. <laughs> um, and then keep listening, and at the end of this episode, I will give you the next question. So this is the second lesson. We're chatting about renting in London um, and kind of how to go about it and make sure that you get the property that you want. There's currently, um, it's not a great market if you're looking to rent in London at the minute. If you are looking to rent in London, you've probably come across this, haven't you? <laughs> uh, you might be struggling. Um, it is difficult out there. I'm working with clients every day as a property finder um, with people that are moving into London for work. Uh, and yeah, it's been very different the last few months from how we normally work. I've been doing a much more like ad hoc service. Uh, normally I'd take people out for an entire day. We'd go and see like eight to 10 properties in a day. Uh, it's all go, 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 but there's just not the stock levels. Um, so the current issue across kind of 
all levels, whatever your budget is, is supply versus demand. So by that, I mean, there's not a lot of stock, which is the supply, but there's loads of people looking, which is the demand. Um, so you've got to stand out. You've got to be proactive. You've got to be quick. And so I'm here to tell you how to do that and hopefully help you um, in your steps with getting a property. So first of all, let's look at why this is happening. I always think that's important to know, isn't it? So like I said, supply versus demand, there's low stock, there's loads of people looking, but why is that? So there's a lot of people looking, um, well, sorry, there's, there's a lot of low stock because there's lots of people that are locked into long contracts. So they might have been doing a year contract or an 18 month contract or a two year contract. Um, and that's for two reasons, really. A, because they may have got good reductions in the kind of height of the pandemic when landlords were actually struggling. Um, it was a good time for people that were renting at that time to actually be able to pick up a good deal. And B, because they probably didn't want to move again if the pandemic continued. At this time, you know, a year ago, 18 months ago, we didn't know how long this was going to be going on for. I mean, we're still in it, aren't we? It's still going. Um, so a lot of people locked in long-term contracts. So they basically didn't have to deal with the stress of moving again if we were still in a pandemic. Um, people who are looking to move have kind of realised that there's no stock on the market. So then they end up extending their contracts. So basically, if people's contracts were coming to an end after a year, after 18 months, whatever, um, they've gone out onto the market, tried to find something else for themselves and then seen there's such a lack of stock that they've gone, actually, no, we're just going to renew our contract where we are. Um, and that, of course, means that their property isn't going to come to the market like it normally would. Um, another reason is that landlords have actually taken advantage of the increase in buyer demand. So, of course, over in, moving over to sales, um, a lot of people start to buy. We had the stamp duty land tax reduction, which meant a lot of people um, yeah, were kind of taking advantage of that holiday um, and buying something and saving themselves a little bit of money. So we saw a lot of increased buyer demand and so did landlords. So they took that opportunity to instead of continue renting out their portfolio, um, seeing that there was a lot of people that were looking to buy and actually selling off bits of their portfolio. Um, yeah, to, I guess they've owned them for a number of years, their properties appreciated in value and they think, you know, it's a great time to sell. Um, yeah, so that's another reason why there's a, a um, low kind of stock level. Then we talked about high demand, which is which basically means that there's loads of people looking. There's a lot of competition right now. Um, and then reasons for that being that people are returning to the city after lockdown. We've seen, I think it was 600,000 people left London during the pandemic. But so many of those people have returned. They're still returning. They're still looking for properties, uh, particularly in the new year. It's a great time for people to suddenly go, right, OK, we're heading back to London. This is the change. This is what's happening this year. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of that. We saw a lot of students coming back to study. Of course, um, students couldn't come over when we were in the pandemic, but a lot of those returned to study. So they've taken up a load of properties. Um, and then there's a backlog of corporate relocations, which is the sector that I work in. Uh, so I definitely know that that's true. <laughs> um, all those people that were due to come over in the pandemic that couldn't, they're now coming over now, as well as the people that were planning to come over at this time anyway. So we've kind of got double the amount of relocation searches that are happening. Um, it's keeping me busy, though, so not complaining about that one. <laughs> so what do you actually need to do if you are looking to rent in London to kind of, I guess, stand out and um, have the best chance of beating all this competition and actually getting the place that you want? Because I've heard a lot of stories. I've experienced it with my own clients as well that... Um, yeah, it's very, very competitive. And 
yeah, you, you do have to stand out. You have to be so proactive. You have to be quick. So I've put 10 points together for you. Um, hopefully, you, you're probably already doing some of these, but hopefully if you put them all together, um, this will give you the best chances of getting somewhere. So number one is the agents, okay? Your, the agents are your friends. They literally open doors for you. So you want to be good to your agents. Um, register with them. So register with as many agents as you can in the area that you are looking to rent in in London. Um, don't just rely on the portals. You can find all the agent details on the portals that's great you can go to let's use right move as an example you can put in the area you can click agents and it'll give you a list of the agents in the area then you can call them and register with them that's what i would be doing first off the portals are great your right moves your supers your boomins you're on the market for getting an idea of what you can get for your money uh, but do remember that so many properties don't make it to the portals a lot of what's on there has already gone um, so don't just rely on the portals also by the time something's come to the portals um, you know it may, you may have missed out on something else so um, don't rely on the portals like solely do make sure you register with the agents. And also, like I said at the beginning there, be nice to the agents. Um, be what they call a hot applicant. That means that you're really keen to get something and you're going to be the first person they pick up the phone to and call. So make sure you stay in touch with them, follow up with them, give them feedback. That's so important if you've been to see a property that you don't like. Don't be afraid to say to them, nope, that doesn't work for me. Tell them that it doesn't work for you. Tell them why. Um, all this feedback is great for them. And then when something that is right for you comes to the market, they'll go, oh, yeah, that's perfect for that person. Pick up the phone, call you, and you'll be first through the door. So make them aware that you are a hot applicant. You are keen and you are ready to go. Point number two is being flexible with viewing times. This is to make sure that you are ahead of the game of everyone else. So a lot of the time, well, I guess in London and the UK in general, we don't do things like they do in the US or other um, in other property industries across the world. So a lot of the time in, um, yeah, in other countries, they'll do what's called open homes, um, which is where people will book in on a certain day, do loads of back-to-back -back viewings, um, and then put their offers in. And really, a property is only going to be um, available to view on those certain days. In the UK, and particularly London, because things move so quickly, you can kind of book an appointment wherever you want. That's not the case right now. There's so many things affecting that. Um, the Again, the amount of people that are looking, there's so many people that want to go through the doors of these properties that the agents are having to kind of book people back to back and go, right, we're going to do viewings on that property on that day. We've got 15 people that want to come and see it. So we're going to book them in back to back rather than book people in you know, ad hoc throughout the week. Um, so that's a reason that that's happening. We've also seen obviously an increase in people that are testing positive for COVID. So um, yeah, there's a lot of properties that where people are isolating and it's difficult to get into them. So agents have gone, right, they're isolating till next week. Next Wednesday, we're going to book in all the people that are interested in this property. Um, so that's why things are... Um, yeah, not being so flexible with viewing. So if you can be flexible with your viewing time and whatever time the agent gives you, just say yes, try and make it work. Um, worst case scenario, if you can't be there because of work reasons or something, get the agent to give you a call. They're going to be there. Get them to do a little video walkthrough. At least you'll be able to tell, yes, I definitely want to come and see that. Or you might go, oh, actually, um, you know, there's something wrong with it that's not going to work for us. So um, yeah, that could be an answer to that. If you can't make it to reviewing, get the agent to do a little video call with you. They will, um, they'll appreciate that <laughs> and they'll know that you're interested. Cool. Um, and things are moving very quickly. So 
you know, if the agents are saying this property, we've got people booked in on Monday, you can't see it till Wednesday, it's probably going to be gone by Wednesday. So you want to act quickly on things. Um, and staying with acting quickly, my point number three is offer quickly. I would say if you've seen a property during the day, I would offer the same day at the latest the next morning. Um, and also have a backup ready to go. So if you've seen a load of properties, I'd have my very first option. This is how I work it with my clients. You have your first option, your favorite option, and then you've got a backup. If you haven't heard back from your first property within 24 hours, um, or they're not giving you an answer, then my thought is to go and put an offer on your second favorite so that you don't lose out on both of them. Now, it's not really the same thing to do to put forward two offers. Um, agents don't like it. It's just it's just not etiquette of the property industry to do that. So if you are planning to do that, I would use that to your advantage and to say to the agent of your first offer, look, if I haven't heard back in 24 hours, I don't want to lose out on my second favorite. So I'm going to have to go and put an offer on that. At least it will get them to hopefully find an answer <laughs> for your first favorite even quicker. Um, point number four, try and view multiple properties in the same day. So this is what I do with my clients. We try and book in a day and we go out to see like eight to 10 properties throughout the day. I drive them around. Um, it's hassle free for them um, and we can get everything literally done in a day. So I would recommend that setting a day aside um, and just getting out there and going to view as many as you can. Um, then you basically don't need to wait to see something else and you could potentially lose out on two properties. For instance, if you saw something on Monday and you think, oh, I quite like that one. Yeah, that was interesting. But there's a really cool one. I can't go and see it till Friday. So I'm going to go book it in and see it on, you know, on Friday and just do it quite um, like you're, you're doing a very relaxed search. <laughs> Uh, because then by the time you go and see that one on Friday, if you don't like that and you think, oh, actually, no, I'm going to go with the one I saw on Monday, the one from Monday's probably gone. So you want to see things back to back. It's also really good for comparison as well. So you, you, know, you can walk out of one, have your thoughts about that, walk straight into another and be like, oh, actually, yeah, I prefer this. And you can make really quick decisions, which is a, it's just a good way of doing it for sure. Number five is offer asking price. Do not mess around, particularly if you know there's other interest. Um, I would be just offering asking price right now. That's what I'm advising my clients to do. We've had people going over asking price. Um, you don't want to get, you know, start a bidding war and pay unnecessarily over the asking price. Um, but I would definitely be offering asking price. If they come back with best and finals, then you can go over it. But yeah, I'd probably just be going in at asking price, particularly if you know there's other interest that's on it. Yeah, just don't mess around. And um, I know it's a thing like in the UK, normally, particularly at this time of year um, and before Christmas, it, it's a little bit quieter. So often you can get away with maybe putting, doing like a 5% discount, trying to offer 5% less than the asking price. Right now, though, it is not a uh, like the traditional January market. So I would be saying just don't mess around. If you like something, offer asking price. Number six is talk to a landlord if they are there on the viewing. Um, some, I guess most of the time it's going to be the agent that's showing you around, um, of course. But sometimes the landlord's are living in the property, they might insist on being there for a viewing so that they, particularly if there's loads of people there, they might want to chat to people or find out who's coming to look around their house. Um, so yeah, if the landlord is there on the viewing, definitely talk to them, make yourself memorable. Um, I sometimes do this with my clients and, and kind of ease them into a conversation. Like if I give you an example, we went to a property once and the landlord was working from home and I'll always be like, oh, hi, like, how are you? Thank you so much for letting us come round. Like, 
amazing home, loved the kitchen colour, whatever, little bits of small talk. Um, and then you can you get to know the landlord. And I heard that this landlord was Australian and my clients are Australian. So that's a really good in because I can go, oh, you're from Australia. So, you know, X and Y who are looking around this property. Um, and it's just a really good conversation starter. And if you can find something in common or some common ground with that landlord, it's, it can sometimes push you ahead of other people because they, they make that connection. Um, so definitely talk to the landlords, make yourself memorable. Number seven, if you have a pet, um, you know, we're a very pet friendly nation, aren't we, in the UK? Um, we do, there's so many, you know, lovely dog friendly restaurants and places that are popping up like Megan's, big shout out, love them. <laughs> um, but so many properties maybe aren't pet friendly or if there's multiple offers, the landlord's going to go with someone that doesn't have a pet for obvious reasons, um, you know, less wear and tear, less accidents that are going to be happening. Um, but if you do have a pet, do put together a pet CV. So it's basically like a little one page document. It's a little profile about your pet um, and as much information about them as possible. So their age, are they neutered? Are they spayed? Um, are they declawed if they're a cat? If it's a house cat, are they used to living indoors? Um, do they have any training qualifications? I've had dogs before that my clients have got that, are, you know, I think it, it was from America. They were like level one and level two trained and they listed what that meant and they had their little certificate and um, it's just brilliant. Like for a landlord, that's so reassuring. So attach a picture because who can resist a pet? If someone sent me a picture of their dog, I'd be like, yes, move in. It's too cute. How can you say no? <laughs> so definitely attach a little picture. Um, if you've been renting before, attach a landlord reference or ask your previous landlord for a reference that the dog was absolutely fine. They were quiet. They didn't bark. They didn't cause any damage. They didn't cause any trouble. Um, all these things just help reassure landlords. And it also shows the kind of person that you are, you know, attention to detail. Um, you're going that extra mile. Number eight, the same for yourself as your pet. Um, so for yourself, if you're moving with your partner, with a family, where are you moving from? You know, put in as much detail as you can, a little bio. Where are you moving from? Why are you moving? If you've got children, you know, uh, our children are going to be going to this school. Why do you love the area? What are your job titles? What's your household income? They, these are all things you're going to be asked down the line anyway. So you might as well make everyone's life easier and kind of offer this information up front. Um, the hobbies that you like to do. I had a client recently who um, their children liked uh, rowing. So they were going to join a local rowing club. And it just so happened that the landlord's children also belong to a rowing club. Like it's these little things that you can use um, and kind of share about yourself um, that sometimes just um, resonates with a landlord and they go, oh, that, you know, it's a connection, isn't it? So do offer up those little uh, bits of information. Number nine, if you're competing with other offers, then try and tick the boxes that the landlords are looking for. And by that, um, I mean that it's a landlord's market at the minute. So you want to do all the things that they are wanting. So that's long leases with no break clauses. So, you know, a standard lease is probably a year. Um, if you put in a six month break, that technically means that you could, and I'll go through all this in another episode, by the way, in more detail. But if you did a year with a six month break, um, technically it only guarantees the landlord rent for six months, which isn't ideal. They want longer leases. So my suggestion right now, because we're in January, the best market is the summer market. So if you did an 18 month contract, it's longer than a year. And it also would put the landlord when you move out in like a June market, which is great. So 
Um, landlords try and avoid having their properties on at, like around the Christmas time, around the holidays, but a summer market is good. Um, it attracts students and, and things like that. And a lot of people are moving at that time. So if you did an 18 month contract right now, um, that's probably what I would be advising. Um, yeah, moving on from that, don't ask for loads of things to be done in the property. So that's called a wish list. So when you make an offer, there's four points that you're thinking about. The price, which we've covered, offer full asking price. Um, the move date, which is a point that I'm going to come to in a minute. Um, the length of contract, which we've just discussed. And then anything else, which is like your little wish list. So this is when you will go, you know, sometimes it makes sense. A property might need completely repainting it might have a broken window like i don't know there's loads of things that you could ask for in a property if it's furnished you might go oh actually i don't want the dining table like that's your wish list of things that you want to because you want to be as detailed as possible in your offer however at this point in the market i would say keep that wish list to an absolute minimum um so professional clean is always something that i would put in there because it's just a standard um it should be done anyway but i like to just have everything in writing you know dot the I's, cross the T's, uh, but things like unnecessary painting, unnecessary garden maintenance, um, detailing every single crack to be fixed in tiles. Um, yeah, don't present a long list of these items. There are other, you know, in other markets, sometimes you could be listing everything because you know that there's no interest on the property and there's not a lot of people looking and it becomes a tenant's market. But in a landlord's market, yeah, you, uh, you want to kind of, not seem fussy or picky or you know present them with a long list of things that you want done to the property because there's going to be other offers and they're probably going to go with someone that's um not asking for as much uh, my other point there was your move-in date so of course you want to be able to move into the property as close to the availability date as possible um you know again because you're competing with so many people um you don't want to be going oh yeah i'll move in a month and a half down the line like it's it's at this time of year in the market that we're at right now it's just yeah not going to happen <laughs> because someone else is going to come along that can move tomorrow um i know it's not realistic to actually move tomorrow but you know if in as soon as possible from when it is available so if something's available straight away realistically getting all your documents and referencing and everything done is probably going to take seven to 14 days so that's a realistic move date um, yeah, and if you're looking at something that's not available till the next month, like the 15th of the next month, I'd be moving in on the 15th of the next month. Landlords are looking for um, a, as little void period as possible, because of course, any time that someone's not staying in the property, it's costing them money. So point 10, final point, be willing to compromise. There it is, my favourite word. So the points that I always think about are area versus price versus specification versus size. So where can you give? That will hopefully open you up to more options that you can see as well. Instead of limiting yourself, you know, to a tiny, tiny little area, maybe you can be a little bit flexible. You might even get something, you know, a bigger property if you move slightly further out. So there's pros and cons to, uh, to thinking about what you can compromise on. There's always something. <laughs> That's one thing as well. Go in with that kind of open mindset that, if you've got 10 boxes to tick, you're probably going to tick eight of them. That is when you know it's a good property. Very rarely in rentals do you tick every single box. So be open-minded um, and think about where you can compromise. Um, and then just a final little like bonus point, you could just hire me. <laughs> this is what I do as a property finder. I'm here to save people time, save people money, uh, save people hassle. So 
people that are maybe time poor or knowledge poor about finding a property in the London market, I basically come along and do it all for you. I'm going to do a separate um, property school on what I do and, you know, if that interests you or how you want to, if you wanted to get into the industry, um, how I started and everything like that. So I will, um, yeah, I will put that out. So you can check out my, um, talking about London and if you're moving to London, you can check out my London location series where I go through um, a load of different, like, lovely little places in London. If you're thinking about, oh, I want to move to London, but I don't know which area is going to be best for me, um, I've got you covered with my London location series so you can go and find that on IGTV or YouTube um, I categorize everything making it nice and easy so you can check out uh, yeah you will find it under London location guides um, also I'm going to be doing a property school episode on lo London locations and trying to like wrap it all up in one so there you go oh there's the bell that means it's time for this week's little mini test so grab your pens and paper or your phone or whatever you're putting this into uh, or just playing it off the top of your head why not go you at the end of every lesson i give you a little mini pop quiz uh, it's a question to do with what we have learned today in property school so this week's question as we were talking about the london rental market is why is the London rental market so difficult right now? Is it because of low supply and high demand or high supply and low demand? There you go. That's your question for this week. Have a little think about it. Uh, you've got till next week to think about it anyway. If you need to re-watch or re-listen to this episode, go for it. That is exactly what it's here for. And I will give you the answer in next week's episode. Um, if you've been watching this on IGTV or YouTube, you can also catch it in a podcast. So if you're driving or you want to listen um, on the go, you can just search Property School wherever you might get your podcasts. And if you're listening to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, you can watch it too on IGTV or YouTube. I have got you covered across all media. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at Lexi Carducci, nice and simple, across everything. Um, yeah, so there you go. That was how to basically rent a London property in the market at this time. Um, so there you go. Stay tuned for more episodes of Property School and make sure you click that little subscribe button and I'll see you next time. Ciao.